Yahtzee. It's you go, boy. On tonight's episode, episode 9, the dynamic duo have returned. It's me and Mongo to give you some of that sports talk, NFL talk, Major League Baseball talk. We got it all. Sports talk coming at you on the one and only You Go Boy podcast, live from Bravery Studios. Let's get it. Exciting episode, episode nine. Wow, Lord have mercy Whew. of the You Go Boy podcast. I'm You Go Boy. That's Mongo. What's up, world? <laughs> the dynamic duo has yet again returned. I mean, we're, we're here for you, you see that face, you see my face. That means it's sports talk. We're here for sports Let's talk. Do it. Um, before we begin, as always, big shout out to Bravery Studios, yeah. the home base for holding your boy down, as always. Uh, you know, I mean. It starts here. It always starts here. It starts at Bravery Studios. Um, lovely Garfield, New Jersey. Shout out to all the subscribers, all the new subscribers, old subscribers, returning subscribers. Um, you know, we're going to skip the numbers. I mean, the numbers are doing great. Actually, I got to tell one number. I mean, we're, we're closing in rapidly at 500,000 viewers Ooh. on the YouTube channel. Bombs away. Savages nice. away. Can I get some savages? Savage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Throb, my boy, my boy, my boy. Um... The channel's doing well. Uh, content's doing great. Um, our sports teams are have, it, have interesting paths right now. We're going to cover that. Uh, this is sports talk, so we're going to get into a little bit of everything. Um, as always, buy the merch. You Go Boy merch is available now. Merch away. Merch away. Hats. I'm wearing the exclusive Yahtzee shirt. So you see the yacht in the back, the, the yacht in the front, the Z's in the back. Yahtzee. The Yahtzee shirt is available on the channel, um, along with the hat, along with the hoodie, along with the other pullover hoodie we got all types of merch for you guys so grab yourself some you go boy merch in the link below um uh so mongo we got a lot to talk about we have a ton to a talk about to talk here about. this um, is what a, what an october man what an october that was wild <laughs> as always like the video subscribe to the channel um so let's let's kick things where do you want to start you want to start with you want to start with uh, some some wrestling talk? You want to start with the Yankees? Like where where where, where you want to start? I'm, I'm gonna leave it up to you. Yeah, it's 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 October. Okay. It is it is fall classic o'clock. I I think you know where we got to start. I, I think so too. I think so too. So um, before we get to the Phillies and Astros, they're in the World Series, swinging away, banging away. I think the Astros just had a combined no hitter. Yay! Whoopity do. Good for them. I haven't watched a single <laughs> game. Uh, but um, before we get to that World Series matchup, let's talk about our Yankees. Ton, uh, so you you do your CM Punk pipe bomb. 
I'll do my CM Punk pipe, pipe bomb. You know, Phil Brooks isn't, he's not wrestling these days, so he's at home in Chicago watching. All right. <laughs> pipe bomb off. I like that. Let's <laughs> for sure. May the best pipe bomb win. For I sure. like that. For sure. Right. For sure. For sure. So, so you kick things off. This Yankee season, uh, sum it up in the words or in your thesis, however you want to break it down. So I'm, I'm going to just say uh, a good morning, boys and girls, and welcome to Storytime with Mongo. Uh, today, we are going to take a look at a specific type of story, a narrative. Can can you say narrative, boys and girls? And of course, I'm not going to keep this creepy voice going the whole time because, boy, howdy, would that have been fun. But all I have to say is before we look forward, because I know the question everyone is tuning in is, what do we, where do we think Aaron Judge is going? And we'll get there. Mm-hmm. But we, I need to fix three narratives here real quick. The first is this narrative that... This is now year 13 of swinging and missing for the Yankees. It, it is not. Yes, it's been 13 years since their last World Series, but the, the divide line is 2017. It was seven years of some of the stupidest baseball decisions you've ever seen. It was seven years of overpaying Jacoby Ellsbury. Mm-hmm. It was seven years of using the ghost of Brian Roberts for whatever you could. It was seven years of watching Jeter and the guys get older. Then in 2017, that's when we start to see Aaron Judge make his appearance, Gary Sanchez, the young guys. And now it's been six years of trying to actually develop from within. And that is going to take some time because it's not just Aaron Judge was good, Gary Sanchez is bad. I know that's what we look at. But don't forget, you had the Greg Bird fiasco. You had you tried Tyler Austin. That didn't work. Uh, you know, Lord. Miguel Andujar. Um, we've, uh, you know, we've had some adventures along the way. So it's only really been six years of trying this build from within thing. Mm-hmm. And so this 13 years of failure thing, no, stop that. It was seven bad years and now six years of traveling in the right direction. Okay. Okay. Um, the second narrative that I need to... Um, fix here is this idea that the Yankees just got their heads handed to them. We just saw in the World Series, Lance McCullers is literally there to give away a game. He's yes. there so that the, the Astros can keep their one, two, and three in the right order. Yeah. So game four was supposed to be a cupcake for the Yankees, but they came into it disheartened down three, nothing, and they could have cared less. They were a few Severino bad pitches away from winning game two. Exactly. So if they win game two, they win game four because the Astros are willing to give away that game. And I'm not saying the Yankees win the series, but Astros in six feels a lot more comfortable than Astros in four. And so they were only a few pitches away from doing that. So this this we're miles behind them thing nonsense, that has to go. And then I'm sorry, Yankee fans, you need to hear this. The third narrative you're ignoring, it's time to admit the Astros, as they stand right now and through their current contracts, are a dynasty. Yeah. It is time to face facts until oh, yeah. Bregman, Altuve, and all those contracts expire in 2025. We are the Edgar Martinez, Jay Buhner Mariners. Oh, we wow. are the GMBAs. Wow. And that's okay. Wow. Those were good teams. You look back now and say those were good teams. In 2040, this team will be the team that just was the leg behind the Astros. And that's okay. But when you're looking at what do we do next— you just have to accept where we are, and where we are is the team that's not the dynasty. Oh, yeah. Can I get some Dom DeMarcos? A bunch of Dom, Dom DeMarcos. De- Dom DeMarcos. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, your point, perfect segue into my pipe bomb. Let me get, where's my camera? Where's my camera? Straight CM Punk style. My biggest issue with the Yankees versus Astros narrative right now is, I love this analogy. The Astros are using Bluetooth and streaming. The Yankees are using compact discs. All right, they are so that. they are so far behind the curve. Jesus Christ! 
interesting stat here because I love stats. I love tables. I love bar graphs. I wish you guys. I wish you guys can see this. Maybe I'll share it on on TikTok. So, the most recent hire for the Houston Astros in their front office. Front office. Let's just stick with that. Sarah Goodrum. Sarah Goodrum, as well as Scott Powers. Scott Powers is the assistant general manager. Sarah Goodrum is the leader of player development. Both were hired in 2022. This year. This year. You want to know the Yankees' most recent hire? Mongo, kids, boys and girls at home? (laughs) Their most recent hire, vice president of player development, Kevin Reese. That was in 2007. Can you say antiquated kids? Just... And seven. Now, granted, two years later, we won the World Series, our last World Series. But your most recent hire was 15 years ago. So it just goes to show you that they are old. They are antiquated. They are behind. The Astros have a better front office. The Astros have a better player development. The Astros have better managing. The Astros have better players. The Astros have a better farm system. The Astros are a better organization and you would think you would think a team with the biggest payroll in God's green earth especially in baseball we can afford to buy those things but no 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 they are stuck in a track they're stuck on vinyl they still think that Kevin Reese from 2007 not to mention Brian Cashman was hired in 1986 I wasn't born Mongo wasn't born Lord have mercy. They are so far behind the curve, it is laughable. And that's why they can't beat the Astros right now. They they are, they're the Flintstones (laughs) going up against the Jetsons. It's that that simple. It's that simple. Can I get some savages, please? Savage away. Savage. Savage away. Savage. (laughs) Savage. It sounds like you're on an elevator and savage is what's available on that floor. (laughs) Fourth floor. Savage. Savage. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. So I mean, yeah. But no, I'm 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 with you 100%. Except for you could make a case for farm system, and some yeah. Depth okay. is a different question. But when you, you know, again, statistics. For those of you who don't know, my thing is always I'm a math teacher, and my thing is always take the statistic you want, abuse the heck out of it. You can find a certain line, maybe top nine, top twelve, top somewhere in there. There is a point where the Yankees are better than the Astros if you don't run it down to the core, and so. Um, you know, we saw that start to make an appearance again this year, especially with Peraza and with Cabrera. But over the last handful of years, they've started to be willing to dive into there. We saw them, you know, it's my monthly time to bring up Luis Heel, you know, Clark Schmidt, um, you know, we, we Michael King. They're, they're trying to dive in, and I, I appreciate that. But it's not like they've been doing that for very long. When you look at other teams that have been doing that for literally decades, if not, you know, some teams always go from within. They've been doing it for literally centuries. So you got to give the Yankees a little time here. But to your point, you're absolutely right. Maybe do that with guys who you know would be willing to do that, not guys who we know. All we know about the current regime is that they want to go out and buy. We don't actually know what they can do with with an internal system other than Cashman and the few absolute old guys who were there in the 90s. But if basically if you came in between like 97 and 2007, you were you inherited that team, and you have always been taught just buy the rest of your problems away. Agreed, agreed. And but and there's enough blame to go around. Okay, like I I still want to go a little bit to we can go to Aaron Boone with 
taking out your ace pitcher with your season on the line for Luis Trevino, your guy. Um, we could do that, or we could go back to. Can I get a savage for that, please? That, Lord have mercy, that was a dumb move. But we can go to Brian Cashman because oh, we don't need Bryce Harper. We don't need we don't need Carlos Correa. We we've we've got Josh Donaldson Whoops. and IKF. Whoops. Wow, <laughs> that that's a 36-year-old Josh Donaldson, and how many times did he strike out on fastballs down the heart of the plate? And he was laughing. He was laughing on his way to the dugout. I know you saw it because I texted you about it. Uh, Josh Donaldson and IKF—they're not solving your issues. And you mentioned it before with the outfield situation. Yeah, Jacoby Ellsbury, who's out of baseball. Brett Gardner, who's out of baseball, and Aaron Hicks was a col- who we talked about on the last sports talk was a colossal failure. You chose that over Bryce Harper. How's that working out for you? How's that working out? Poorly. I'll answer that. I'll answer that question for all of you at home. If you're not answering that question with poorly, you are you are way too in love. You know, you are way too dedicated to the Yankees. And, and as a Jet and Nick fan, I appreciate where you're coming from. But this is the team we're allowed to be honest about because this is the team that can actually do something. Uh, you know, Cashman, antiquated is the word I use, but we also know he can get it done, um, you know, when, when left to his own devices. And unfortunately, you know, it seems like more and more we're in on the numbers, right? We look at IKF. We look at what he can do defensively. We look at what he can do with his feet. No one said, can he actually swing a bat and have the ball go forward more than 25 feet? And maybe we should have done that. You know, that seems pretty obvious in hindsight. Um, And so, unfortunately, Cashman might be a dinosaur in today's world. And if he is going to coexist with this world, he needs better people around him, newer people around him, like you said. Because this idea that, oh, we can learn on our own is is not true. I want you to envision anyone above the age of 50 you've ever seen try to use any piece of technology for the first time. <laughs> Welcome to Brian Cashman trying to GM the 2022 Yankees. Yeah, yeah, Brian Cashman still has a flip phone. He still has a razor. <laughs> right? And and in the Astros front office, they, they've got they've got galaxies. They've got the iPhone 14. He's over here still messing around with a rotary. Like that this is for this payroll this is laughable. It is very, very embarrassing. And I'm actually glad they got swept. Maybe this is the wake-up call necessary. And and miss me, miss me with the whole, well, they, they got to sign Judge. And if they sign Judge, there's no more pie to go around. Straight Stephen Jones. Let's take it to football. Like, no, 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 no. There's no salary cap in baseball. Mm-hmm. You can sign Judge. You can sign Correa. You can sign whoever the hell you want. You really, you really can. Are you afraid of losing your prospects? You can you can die on that hill. And they died on that hill for sure this season, especially at the trade deadline. We talked about that a couple sports talks ago. Right. But this whole no this whole narrative that you can't pay judge and you can't pay this guy or whatnot, maybe with a Soto coming in as we talked about, but no no no. Look at the Dodgers. They gave Freeman all the money in the world. They gave Betts all the money in the world. They've got Kershaw, who's making all the money in the world. And they're, they're just fine. Yeah, yeah, they didn't do much in the playoffs this year, but you can pencil them in from 100-plus wins probably for the next three to four years with the way that they're set up. You should be able to do that with the Yankees because outside of them in the American League, it's the Astros. And, and consistently, who else? Who else? And I mean, so they, they've... They said they, they they deserve this. They deserve the sweep. I'm glad they got the sweep. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm like maybe this is what they need. But here, you know, here's the thing. You just said that they are, they're always going to, or they should always be in that top two or three. And unfortunately, Yankee fans, this is where your you know fanaticism. And I know I'm making up a word there comes in. Um, <laughs> 
you know, I, I compared him to the, you know, the Buner Griffey Mariners before. If you told a Nick fan right now, hey, your next 10 years are going to be like that of the Pacers in the late 90s, early 2000s, where you're going to win 50 games and go to the second or third round of the Eastern Conference every year, a Nick fan would say, absolutely, sign me up for that. Um, you know, if you told a Jet fan, you know, hey, you're going to basically be the Eagles for the next 10 years, um, you know, you're going to have a couple bad years sprinkled in there, but you're going to make the playoffs a lot. You're going to make one run. Yeah, the Jet fan would take that in a minute. The problem is the Yankee fan is the only fan around who says World Series or bust, championship or right, bust. Right. And so when you're analyzing what to do next, you're not playing for how do we get close because they got close. It was ugly at the end, but they were one of the last four standing. Uh, and so the easiest thing to do is just say, and we're going to resign you, resign you, resign you, and we will see you losing to the Astros every October until 2025. <laughs> savage, please, that's savage, please. not what we're doing savage. here as Yankees fans. That's not what we're doing as the Yankees organization. And so that's really the question. How do you make that final jump? Because it's very easy to just say, we're the Yankees, we're good, but who deserves a cupcake for that? They've been good for 30 years. That's nothing. You need to get back to that that absolute you know, top hill. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So... I'm interested to see how this offseason goes. I will, and it's funny, baseball is one of those few sports that, yeah, you'll have some outliers. Like the Phillies are on this run right now. They barely got into the playoffs and they go on a run. That happens in baseball. It doesn't typically happen in baseball. But happening more recently. But but happening a lot more recently, especially with the changing of the format of the playoffs that we lamented about last sports talk or whatnot. But what I'm saying is this offseason is going to tell me a lot. If they're aggressive, if they keep judge and then they make aggressive signings, aggressive trades to to um, complement the judge. Because if, if the judge move is all they make, you can pencil them into losing to the Astros or not, or losing an individual round against the the, Indian, I mean, the Guardians, who they barely got out of. That took them five games. You know, so what they do in the offs, it, it is going to tell the story of, of what, of how far they go next year. Because I, 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 right now, as they're currently constructed, same bat time, same bat channel. I see that. I don't see them better than the, the the Astros right now. I just I just don't. And and now I I do have to ask here, mm-hmm. your Cashman, are are you resigning Judge? Because I have I have a pigeonhole take on this. I I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna warn you right now. I'm not gonna answer the question honestly. Are you? Are you but I'll ask you honestly. Are you resigning Aaron Judge? I I, I resign him with a caveat. He can't. That can't be the only thing I do. Okay. That can't be my bo- be boom or bust. Because if I have a contingent, and most GMs do, they have a contingency. Okay, if we don't sign him, what are we gonna do? You know, what I mean, I think they, I think they have both plans in place. We sign him. What are we gonna do else to catch this team in Houston that that that, that, that is just better than us? If we, if they don't sign him, they better sure as hell have a plan in place of. Okay, are we going after Correa? Are we trading for somebody? Are we? Are, what's next? Because if you don't sign him, the hole that is left in your lineup, as currently constructive, is massive. I mean, he's a massive man, but right. just massive, just figuratively from a numbers standpoint. So I say yes, but that's not the only move I'm making. I'm signing him with in mind, I've got a lot of stuff to do to catch that team in Houston because I'm not better than them right now. And that, and that that leads perfectly into into what I was going to say here. And I don't believe if they re-sign Aaron Judge, I do not believe they will do anything else. They have made it clear Aaron Judge, like you said, he gets the pie or other people get the pie. And so the bottom line is with Aaron Judge, they are not winning until 2026 Ooh, when wow. Bregman and Altuve and a bunch of other guys in Houston finally come off the books. And so... The only way, you know that years 8, 9, and 10 
of a judge contract would be a waste. So the only way you can re-sign him and have more than half the contract be valuable is if it is exactly a seven-year contract. Because if it's a nine-year deal, the next three years, you're just chasing Houston. The last two years are a waste. Why would you sign a guy for nine years when five of the years are simply a circus? It doesn't make sense. So here's what you do, Yankees. I hope you're listening. I don't know why you would be, but bravo if you are, Brian Cashman. Here's what you do. Bob's away. Bob's away. Here's what you do. You offer Aaron Judge your seven-year deal, put as much money as you want on it, literally make up a number, give him a blank check if you want, and say, you got five minutes, sign it or don't. And if he doesn't want that, you make it public right away that Aaron Judge is not coming back. Because when you look at the other teams that are in on Judge, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Mets, Edwin Diaz is a free agent, Kershaw is a free agent, Trey Turner's a free agent. I know you're all going to laugh at me for this, but Jock Peterson on the Giants plays all three outfields. Left-hander who hits a ton of short field home runs would be perfect in Yankee Stadium. If you put Judge out there and you can immediately rattle those three organizations' plans, now Diaz goes on the back burner. Now Kershaw gets forgotten about, Turner gets forgotten about, because they're all going to make Judge their number one priority. You can steal a ton of top free agents very quickly from those teams. So you make your initial offer, but you do not let this linger. You do not turn this into a bidding war over eight or nine years. That would be the one that I would consider an absolute failure for the Yankees if he signs with them late in the season, you know, late in the offseason, no matter what happens. Oh, absolutely. The Dom DeMarcos, Dom DeMarcos. We can make this whole, we can make this whole episode a Yankee pipe bomb, but I think we succeeded. CM Punk would be proud. Let's move it on. He's, speaking he's so, of CM Punk. Yeah, speaking of CM Punk. <laughs> hey, Phil. Um... By the way, like the video, subscribe to the channel. You go boy merch again, once a time, once again. The, you go the, the boy. The Yahtzee shirt is here. The Yahtzee shirt's here. Hats are here. Hoodies are here. Grab yourself some merch. I, as I, always. I love it. I'm going shopping right now. Oh, for sure, this. for sure, for sure. I, oh, I oh got that. to, got to. Oh, it's right there on the store. Right in the store. And I wore this shirt in my newest video, Tippin' Tippin', which is also on the way. I saw the first cut uh, last night. Woo! You guys are going to love that, man. Shout out to, to A1 boy. Vision, man. The GOAT. Did it again. Did it again. All right, so... Um, let's get to some wrestling, and then we'll wrap up with tons and tons of football talk. Um, so, Triple H is on fire. He's he's in his duffel bag, as always. It's bag season. I mean, it's almost Christmas, but he's in bag season right now. He's brought back he, – he brought the band back together. He, he's brought back Bray Wyatt, Johnny Gargano, uh, his lovely wife, Candice LeRae, Karrion Cross, his lovely wife, Scarlett, <laughs> Braun Strowman. Lord have mercy. As he would I can hear, say. I can hear his theme music in my head. Country strong. He's got that tattoo going. Um, Triple H has brought the band back together. A bunch of releases that had no business of happening. Uh, I'm sure Vince Vince is probably not even watching wrestling. He's probably. <laughs> he's, got, he's got way other, you know, way bigger things to yeah, worry he's, about. He's got other legal issues uh, brewing. So, um, but Triple H has brought the band back together. Let's start with Bray Wyatt and then we'll get to the others. The way they brought him back was masterful. The way they teased it for weeks was masterful. He is one of the most interesting, just interesting characters, well-crafted characters. I mean, his father was IRS <laughs> for, for the super old heads back in the day. Gonna get savage for that. Um, savage. Uh, but, you know, Bray Wyatt coming back and, and the way he came back, I feel like they packaged that masterfully. I'm glad he's back. Uh, he always did great work on the mic. His storylines were so captivating. I loved his character. He's always been one of my favorite characters um, in the ring and off the and off the mic. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Bray Wyatt coming home? 
Yeah, I mean, for, first of all, no no brainer amongst who to go get. Um, you know, no matter what role he was playing, you know, the the creepy southern thing and the the funhouse thing, you could not have two different, more different characters, and he nailed them both. You can put them anywhere. His versatility is otherworldly. Um, in terms of the return, um, first of all, because he had the Wyatt family, that's basically a free pass to say, "Hey, fam, come home." You know, he he starts a chain reaction, and you know, Strowman. We don't know if he's going to be part of that yet. You know, the, the big rumor is that there's going to be a, a Wyatt Six that fights that Survivor Series. We'll see where that goes. But he's a he's a very key cog. Now, in terms of the actual return, um, I absolutely love what they did with his characters from the Funhouse being in costume there. Um, you know, literally sending a message that this character is coming back to life. I mean, you know, literally, you know, birthing those characters was a very, you know, obvious in your face but still fun message. Um, I love that they were using... The you know the barcodes that you could go online and yeah, follow yeah. because that's just Triple H's little subtle way of saying welcome to the twenty you know welcome welcome to the 21st, 21st century, century you know wrestling <laughs> nice of you to join us um, you know so that was that was very nice and then what I also love that he did was he made some of the other returns which I'll segue into some of those um, stupidly simple to make Wyatt's puzzle feel like more like and Strowman that, that bigger, just came bigger, yeah. gang busting yeah, into a tag up on, team. He's so of, he had no right being there. He just came <laughs> blasting in, destroyed everybody, which in fairness made sense. That's yeah. tr- that's Strowman yeah, style. Yeah, but by yeah. making some of the returns so simple, it made Wyatt's you know, it, puzzle, I'll use that word, yeah. um, you know, so much more enjoyable. Yeah, and, and bigger. It, it was just, and it bigger. Was, yeah, it was bigger. it was it was beautifully done. I loved everything about that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, Johnny Gargano has been one of my favorite Mm-hmm. For quite some time, the guy his his ring work is is world class. I love I loved his the way uh, stable that he had going with uh, Austin Theory and uh, and and just that whole crew. Um, so I'm glad that he's back, and I expect I expect great wrestling when I think of Johnny Wrestling is such a fitting name for right. him because he is just a great pure wrestler and I'm a, I'm still a fan of that. I mean there's a reason why Bret Hart is my favorite wrestler of all time because he's the best technical pure wrestler of his era. You know I mean was he the did he have the big, most the biggest uh, character and was he the most charismatic on the mic? No, he was just cool with those shades and the pink and black and when he got in that ring he was safe. Nobody got hurt when they worked with Bret and everything was just done so precisely. And yeah. I get that vibe when I see Gargano. I see a little bit of Brett, and I see a little bit of uh, Shawn Michaels, too. You know, because Shawn had that. Shawn was very technically sound, but the athleticism was otherworldly. But again, everything was just perfectly and crisp. That's why I'm so excited that he's back. And with Karrion Cross, total package. Yeah, total absolutely. package. Like, And he's got his hair back, too. <laughs> so, And Scarlett's gorgeous, and that dynamic of them together... You know, we we, yeah, we we talked about this before of when it was being teased that they, he might go over to AEW. That's a package deal. You have to have them together. Yeah, for sure. You can't have them separately because they work. It's a yin and a yang. When you see him, where's Scarlet? You see Scarlet, where's Cross? You know what I mean? So I, I love that they brought him back. And, you know, I think this Roman Reign championship reign is going to last another five years. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, him in the top spot is, is, is good. Good and, money right there. And to, two quick you know points on what you just said. That group that you just mentioned, they particularly hurt when they left. Because, you know, in other sports you call them prospects. But as much as they tried to make NXT feel like its own entity so they could build up Triple H's, you know, clout, 
the NXT is still the minor leagues to longtime wrestlers. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so when Gargano left, that felt more like you were losing a prospect. That felt like we never got to see him on the big stage, see what he could do. You know, Wyatt had run his course. Stroman had run his course. And we, we missed them. I'm glad to have him back. But those guys hurt more. So I'm, I'm super, you know, super glad that, that they're back for sure. Yeah, and remember, Gargano left and Cole and the whole the, the, the whole uh, uh, Undisputed click, they left. They had let, just left before that, right? To go over to AEW, you know. So, um, yeah. Th- but I, I love what NXT is doing now. Carmelo Hayes, huge fan of his, mm-hmm. super, super, superstar potential with him in the future. Um, Braun Breaker, you know, he looks, yeah. he looks just like his dad. He wrestles just like his dad. And I love it. Oh. I love it. I, I love, I love him. I love a lot of the new prospects they have at NXT and Triple H and 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 and, and uh, Shawn Michaels. They, they figured it out. You yeah. Know, how, how to not just yeah, it's the minors, but still keep it fresh, keep it dope, keep it authentic, and get these girls and guys ready for the big leagues, which is gonna happen. Which is that that's what you're supposed to do, right? Because now we're excited for them. We've been we've been waiting on you know Toxic Attraction here to, to come up for for a while, and mm-hmm. and they are. I mean, now granted, they they were given Mandy Rose to kind of help those two out, but you're you're watching a lot of these. You know, again, I, I don't mean to call them minor leaguers because the NXT is awesome, but you're excited for them to come up. And especially the other thing that, that Triple H did here that was brilliant, one of Vince's biggest faux pas was always whenever somebody returned, they were just gifted a, you know, a championship because yeah. thanks for coming back, you know, here's the here's Intercontinental. Your title. Boom, boom. And I thought, yeah. you know, especially with Gunther being on Intercontinental, that seemed like really, really low-hanging fruit oh, yeah. to just be like, you know, here, Braun, do this. But Triple H has, has steadfast, you know, kept the belts where they were now he he put them the ones that he changed he, you know Rollins recently got a belt Oscar and Bliss recently got a belt these were long-standing you know well-deserved belts no mm. one was just gifted one yeah and so it really feels like you know the veterans have earned their keep the young guys are going to come up and organically earn it and it, it feels like a sport again whereas yes. at the end of Vince's era it felt like just a soap opera. It just felt right. like we knew what was going to happen. You know, right. heel was going to get the upper hand initially. Then face was going to win one. Then heel was going to cheat. Then face had to decide: do I cheat or do I win honestly? And then there would either be a turn or it would just fizzle out. Yeah. Same dance a thousand times. Yeah, and then a part timer comes in, and then we get uh, Roman and and and, and, uh, and Brock and Goldberg or some nonsense <laughs> like or that. Goldberg, right, right. Every other pay per view. It it, it so, feels yeah. like it's competitive again, and I we get what it is. You know, we're not sitting here saying you know they've somehow changed what's going on behind the scenes. We understand what WWE is, but it just the whole point is what it feels like to the audience, and it feels like sports entertainment now, which is the whole point at Absolutely. the end of the day. Yeah, and we and we said that we said that too. We said that the the, the product was going to improve when you got a guy that actually was a wrestler mm. and actually understands the intricacies of the the, the the psyche, the mindset that goes into storylines and long term storylining. Like, and we, we yeah, it's call a spade a spade. Cody's gonna Cody. I think I still see it. Cody's gonna be the one to dethrone Brock. I mean, uh, excuse me, uh, Roman. I still feel like it should be Seth. It just makes too much sense, especially with the Shield Brotherhood right. as a full circle moment. But that's we'll save that for another time and place. He had a great interview too uh, uh, recently as well, where he talked. Well, he was very candid. He was like, "Yo, I, I feel like." Roman is is Hulk and I'm macho. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm never gonna be the guy. And I've I've accepted it. I mean, but Seth is a legend. Right. <laughs> Seth, Seth is Seth. the first battle legend. And he's always been one of he was my favorite of the shield from day one. Because I was like, that guy can wrestle. Right. Yeah, for sure. So like the video, subscribe to the channel. We can do wrestling talk forever. We that's, got that's, that's why absolutely that's all this. Uh you we're, we're gonna segue now into football. Can I get a J-E-T-S Jets Jets Jets? <laughs> 
And, and and can I get a how about them cowboys? Please. Yeah. You Dallas Go Boy is here. He is you here. He, he's here. You go boys here. Dallas Go Boy Uh-oh. is here. But we are going to start with some Jets talk. And uh, we'll we'll save we'll save this this Dallas Go Boy that, that guy's a psycho we'll save him <laughs> for a little later on. Um, your Jets, you guys uh, recently just um, and by the time this drops, we'll probably is, is it's gonna drop in a while in a couple weeks. But by the time you got, you guys will probably have two more games in your belt when this one drops. But you guys recently just uh, dropped a tough one to the Patriots again. <laughs> and, and and that's what, I'll talk about that in a minute. But and I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? I'm, okay, I'm I'm not mad. Can I get a JTS Jets 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 for that? <laughs> um, 13th straight loss to the Bill aside, you guys are still trending upwards. I love what Robert Sala is doing. I love what you guys did in Green Bay. You know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. You're welcome. And the PTSD that man has given me and trauma he's given Cowboy Nation in the playoffs in 2014 and 2016. So thank you so much. Sauce Gardner, thanks for wearing the cheese head. Oh, that was, uh, oh, sauce. Bringing some spirit to the Jets finally. Yeah, put some sauce on that cheese. I love it. I love it. I love it. Juice versus sauce, streaming on all digital platforms. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I love, I love what you guys have done, especially on the road. Again, Mm. we we talked about on the last sports talk, but your impressions on Robert Sala. I know you guys just lost Brees Hall. Um, for the season, but you guys got um, uh, Robinson from from the Jags. How do you do? You think you guys can sneak in as a wild card this year? I, I think it's not. I wouldn't rule it out. I'm not ruling it out. I think you guys can get in as a wild card. But what are your thoughts? How do you think? How, how do you see this thing halfway into the season with with your Jets? So right off the bat, let's just make the final statement first. I love, I love us. 25 year, you know, as a Jet fan, this is the happiest times ever. <laughs> and I mean, the bar is low. I mean, it's basically either Pennington Sanchez or this, but this is, this is the best time for sure. Um, I think a wild card is definitely obtainable, especially when you see, you know, you see like Cincinnati. Now, granted, Jamar Chase is, a, is a, an excellent, excellent player, but when you see other teams get the tiniest bit of adversity and they just fold, meanwhile, the Jets hit some adversity, you know, before Elijah Vera Tucker went down, he was like, I can play left tackle. Sure, why not? Um, you know, and now he's down, but Brees Hall goes down. We go out and we make the trade for James Robinson. Like you said, the Jets seem more willing to attack adversity than a lot of the other, you know, like five through ten range teams. And that's going to matter. You know, that's going to definitely be important in that one accidental loss to the Texans the Bengals might have or that one accidental upset of the Dolphins the Jets might have or something of that nature. So I think... By sheer will alone, the wild card is definitely obtainable. Um, I love what their young guys are doing. I love what Robert Sal is doing. We never expected this this year because we're a year away on every side of the ball. We, oh, we know true. that, um, especially on the offensive line. There's no secret. Pretty much two of their first three or four picks need to be tackles next year. Yeah. You know, we, we know what we're doing with the next draft already. Um, you saw Salah just get coached under the table by Belichick. And, um, you know, honestly, I'm kind of glad Brees Hall wasn't there because we know that Belichick loves to take away one piece of the game. And in all likelihood, he was going to take away Brees Hall. And not only would that have exposed Brees' weakness to the rest of the league, it would have forced Zach Wilson to gunsling, which is never going to end well for anybody. No, no. Um, so the fact that presumably Garrett Wilson was the easiest guy to, for Belichick to try and take out, and he still went six for 115, there's a lot of good to take away from that loss. So win, lose, anything, you got to be happy with what you're learning 
you know, each week. Now, the, if I'm if I'm nitpicking in anywhere, I'm not a fan of the Jacob Martin trade there. Um, you know, he was a questionable 3-4 linebacker for many years on the Texans. The Jets sign him this year, finally figure out what to do with him, and then trade him to Denver after they move Bradley Chubb. And so figuring out how to finally unlock this guy and then send him to a spot where he's going to need to be played in that exact same role, we're going to look back. Unfortunately, the optic on that trade is going to look stupid. So unfortunately, that's just the truth. But, uh, you know, if that's my biggest problem, we shouldn't have moved on from a deaf lineman. Yeah, I'm obviously happy with where we are right now. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Another JT is just for those Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> Love it. Like the video, subscribe to the channel. Um, before I go get this maniac, Dallas Goldboy, <laughs> uh, let's talk about three teams that I'm – I'm surprised yet very happy about because I hate all three of these teams. I already um, know which three teams this is going to be. All right, I'm the, ready. The Packers, one, the Bucks, <laughs> two, and the Rams. Three, three for three. There, <laughs> this guy knows. It's like, it's like you know me. He went to Jared. Uh, it's like I know. It's like I know Cowboys fans. Let's be, let's be real. Exactly. You, you can't be happy about the Eagles or Giants right now. So it would have to no, be no, elsewhere. I mean, but and, the Eagles, we, we 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 we'll play them. We yeah, play we'll them. See, again. We'll see at Christmas. We'll guys. see at Christmas. <laughs> Christmas Eve. We got some for Philadelphia. Um, but. Those so so, what is going on here? Because we talked about this again on the last sports talk. What the hell is happening with Aaron Rodgers? Is he like taking peyote up in the mountains or something? He's throwing his wide receivers under the bus. <laughs> how do they look without Devontae? Matter of fact, how does Devontae look without Aaron? Is the real question because he's over two and five over there in Vegas, Very true. and he's killing me in fantasy. Like, where's my camera? Devontae Adams, you are <laughs> killing me. In one of my fantasy leagues, the one league that I really want to win, 36th Chamber, with my brother, you're killing me. But please, uh, keep shooting those Taco Bell commercials. Um, anyway, what the hell's going on with the Packers? What's going on with the Bucks? Well, we know what's going on with Brady's marriage, but what's going on with the Bucks? And what's going on with the Rams? Why are the, these three teams that I thought, again, was going to be the class of the NFC? I don't know who makes the playoffs out of those three. The Bucks definitely have the inside track because they play in the worst division. And the Rams also play in a weak division, believe it or not. But who makes the playoffs out of those three teams and what's going on with those three teams? Let me start with the easiest one because, first of all, it answers your question. But secondly, they're the easiest ones to diagnose, and that would be the Bucks. Uh, I agree with you completely. It's by sheer path that the Bucks have the easiest way in. Um, the Falcons are, are – this is not sustainable. I love them. It's awesome. They're, Give me a savage, please. Sorry. Two, two of them, please. Sorry. It's just, they're not going nine and eight. Um, the, the Panthers are actively trying to – P.J. Walker is awesome. Uh, Jersey native P.J. Walker, I believe. Um, but uh, but they're, they're actively trying to lose. And the, the Saints pick a different quarterback or pick a different way to use Taysom Hill every week. So, uh, you know, it, the, Pugs, the Bucks are going to accidentally win that – that division with about nine or ten wins. Um, what's going on there is is simply, um, you know, Tom Brady is that jock in high school who accidentally did well enough in English one year that he got moved up to the honors class, and he walked in on day one and said, "Where, where, where are all my other jocks? Where, where is everybody?" Uh, you know, Gr Gronk is no longer there, and you know he lost his buddy Ryan Jensen up front, and you know that has just been a, a monumental loss. Ali Marpet retired, and he's just looking around and going, "Where, where are my other?" Where are my other buddies? You know, and he can't seem to. I don't. I don't know if it's that he can't seem to figure out this new group he has, or if eventually, you know, if you've ever been at a job for too long, anybody, you know this feeling. You look around and you go, "This is now my third generation of people who have come and gone. I'm now like 15 <laughs> years older than everybody." And to be quite frank, I just don't have the patience 
to reinstate this group into what they need to know and also what our culture is around here, I'm out. And I feel like that's finally Brady. He just doesn't have the energy to take this. I mean, for him, this is like the fourth generation. <laughs> when, when you look at the average life of a football player, this is like the fourth generation that has come and gone below him. And I, eventually you just give up. You just say, you guys do whatever makes you happy. I'm going to do what my job is. I'll meet you on the other side. And so I think that's basically what happened. Brady is just too literally by age too torn apart from his team. His old guys are gone. He's disinterested. I think he's done after this year. But they're still good enough in a bad enough division. They'll be fine. Yeah. The Packers, I would love to say, it's it's a 50-50. It's 50% god-awful um, receiving core. It's 50-50 uh, with all the injuries on the O-line. So at least that one's partly explainable. Um, it's What's inexcusable is that they decided that a, rook, a pair of rookies and Randall Cobb just being friends with Aaron Rodgers was going to be enough to somehow produce offense. Um, and then the fact that they don't run A.J. Dillon a thousand times a game when that roster clearly looks like it was built to run the ball a thousand times a game. It doesn't have to be Aaron Dillon. It could be Aaron Jones as well. Sorry, A.J. Dillon. Um, but they're, they're just doing too much. If they would just settle in you know, become the running team that they are built to. They should be trying to win games 10-3, to 3, and they are not. They're still trying to let Aaron Rodgers sling, and it is, it's not going to go well. So they just need to find who they are. And for them particularly, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess here, whenever Rodgers has a get-right game, it's against somebody in the division. They have the Lions coming up this week. I know, like you said, by the time it airs, um, you know, it's going to be past that. I'm going to take a guess this is going to be a classic R-E-L-A-X game for Rodgers. He's going to dominate the Lions, and they're going to be fine moving forward. So I'm actually going to guess they're going to make it in as a wild card as well. Can I take a pass on the Rams? Is that a pass on You can take a pass I, on I don't know. I, this, this let's just pull a name out of a hat and they're my running back strategy by the Rams is nonsense. <laughs> this we don't need to replace a Hall of Fame left tackle theory is nonsense. <laughs> this... We only need one wide receiver. Savages, please. Is nonsense. Savage. Savage. I just, Savage. I, I, they're a team that bought into the media narrative too well. The, the the narrative last year was if we win a championship, this thing can fall apart and we have to be cool with it. They made a deal with the devil last year. It paid off and they accepted the devil side of the deal. You know, now it's the part where they're supposed to fall off. And it's very natural. I mean, the, you know, the Super Bowl hangover is certainly a, a real thing and a, and a recurring thing. But they almost seem complacent in it. They seem like, okay, we won. We're cool not doing some of the most obvious tweaks. You know, letting Beckham walk and not even considering bringing him back, letting Robert Woods walk. Uh, you know, I can't even name half of their receiving core. Um, you know, they let Everett walk. They just they let a ton of bodies go with very little effort to replace. They don't have the draft capital to get it back. Um, so, no, I, I don't see them making the playoffs. Oh, oh. Would, you, would you look who just showed up? Margo, can you please hand me my belt? Please, I most certainly hand can. Me my belt. For those who don't know who I am, who've been living under the rock, it's Dallas Go Boy. <laughs> you know what? I've, you know, I, I'm having a. It, it's, it's so hard for me to sit here in this studio, listening to these cowboy haters hollering my name when I spent more money on spilled liquor. Let me stop right there. <laughs> You're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, life is good right now. Six and two on our bye week. You know, when this airs, hopefully we'll have another win over that jerk, Aaron Rodgers. I just hate his face. <laughs> I hate his face. I hate his hair. I hate his stupid goatee. He looks like Nicolas Cage out of rehab. I'm, uh, that's, I'm, that's, I'm, that's I'm 100% correct. Like, kick rocks. How, how's that record doing you? Um, but... 
Chicago Bears, how that how Tommy told Tommy Pollard do for you guys? I mean, and <laughs> Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles. Take the glasses off dramatically for this. The Philadelphia Eagles. We got something for you on Christmas Eve. As God is my witness, we do. <laughs> if we don't, this this is gonna look terrible <laughs> on the playback. But we have something for you. So enjoy that win over Cooper Rush. Put the glasses back on. So life is good. Life is good right now. Tony Pollard's running the rock. Zeke is coming back. Dak Prescott. Can I get oh, can I get some Ric Flair woos for Doc, Dak Prescott? <laughs> Dak Prescott is balling. He's balling. Uh, I said he was a top 10 quarterback. I don't look crazy. I don't look too crazy saying that. He's balling right now. The boys look good. They're going to take this bye week. Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons. The lion is always hungry. He's balling. Best defensive player in football. The Cowboys are rolling. And that bye week, it's going to go well. And then afterward, we got Packers. We got Vikings. We got Philadelphia. We got a lot of NFC East games to go. But... Playoffs. I, I I can say it. I don't I don't want to jinx it, but I whatever. I'm I'm me. And you know the motto, you haters. Go. You might not like it. Take the glasses off dramatically, but you will learn to love it. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> Always love when that guy comes by. Ah, my favorite guest. I I am a guest, and he's still my favorite guest somehow. But uh, let me hop back in here. Let me hop back in here. Um, anyway, um. What I will say, you covered a lot of good points there. Um, letting Devontae Adams go with the Packers and not and replacing him with Alan Lazard and a whole bunch of practice squad guys and a, like you said, I remember a couple shows ago, a couple players that get to say that they played with Aaron Rodgers. Right, exactly. Um, not the wisest move, but again, they play in the NFC North, so they very well could sneak in as a wild card, uh, and they they still run the ball very well. So yeah. they, they've got that going for them. Um, not to mention, um, what I will say about this whole debate with the Cowboys and the running back situation, Tony Pollard has never carried the ball for more than 15, more than 15 carries ever. Not in college, not in high school, not at Memphis, not in Dallas. The way Dallas has it right now is very similar to the way the Saints had it a couple years ago with Ingram and Kamara. You can use both. You can use two running backs. There's no rule against that. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know Zeke. I'm not expecting 2016 Zeke because this is 22 Zeke. You know what I mean? He the, the carries and mileage has caught up with him, but he's still a really good short yardage back. He's still a good back in certain situations. If it's cold, he can still get 25 carries and still give you what you need to win a football game. And in the playoffs, considering they're probably going to have to go on the road to, to a place that's not AT&T, I want Zeke fresh. I, I'm glad he sat out this game against the Bears, and I'm glad he, he, he's, he's going to set out this bye week as well to get healthy because they're going to need him for December, potentially January football. So Mike McCarthy, he is, can I get a round of applause for Mike McCarthy? I've given him a lot of crap on this show and on other podcasts, but Mike is doing a phenomenal job of coaching this team. They weathered that storm with Cooper, Uber driver rush. He's back to his backup ways. And, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, can I get another Ric Flair woo for, for Dak? Woo! Dak looks great. Um, CeeDee Lamb is coming into his own. That that connection's getting better. Dallas is playing really good ball right now. And that defense, that defense, Dan Quinn, I, I've said it before, I've said it, I'll say it again if he's here next season mm. with the way he's going. 
Um, he's done a great job with this defense, and they are an elite unit. They are a Super Bowl caliber unit right now. The question is going to be, though, come playoff time, can they rise to the occasion? Because that has been the pitfall for Dallas for a number of years now. Even when they, even in 2014, go back to 2007 when the Giants had that miraculous run. Come playoff time, this team doesn't keep that same energy. They got to keep that same energy. They absolutely do. And I think with guys like Micah, I don't, I'm not worried about him. Micah, oh, yeah. ha- Micah has that energy rolling out of bed. He's ready to hurt somebody. And they need that. They need that. So I like where they are. I like where they're trending. I'm very interested to see that Christmas Eve matchup. We're, we'll probably we'll probably be live and direct from AT&T Stadium <laughs> <laughs> for it. Um, but it, it, it should be fun. It absolutely should be fun. And, and the other point you had made about the Rams – you got to keep in mind, Albert Breer just reported this recently as well. Spoiler alert. Um, McVeigh is very tied to this current core in L.A. And this core meaning Matt Stafford, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Cooper Cup. The second one or two of those guys either bolts or the drop-off is precipitous, McVeigh's out. He's not going to be in for a rebuild. Because you gotta, you got to think, just use some common sense here. They've traded away their number one pick for a number of years now. Right. So you've gone all in. And when you go all in, they got their championship. Congratulations. Slow clap. You you won the Super Bowl last year. But all in is not a long-term sustainable plan. It's not. Going for broke is just that. You go for broke, you might get rich. But if you lose it all, you're going to go for broke again? I don't see him sticking around. I'm kind of with Albert Breer on that. I see if it, when Aaron Donald decides to hang it up, because he's not going to play another five years, right. he damn near retired this season mm-hmm. after the Super Bowl. And we'll see what happens with Cooper. Cooper Cups the, is, is the real deal. I'm not really sold that Stafford's going to stick around for another five years. I don't think his body can hold up another five years. I mean, he's, he's hurt now. He's currently playing injured with a borderline catastrophic elbow injury that almost, almost took away this season. And he damn near had to have Tommy John surgery in the offseason. So the Rams have this window now of – and they very well might sneak into the playoffs as well – but I don't see them set up long term as as a lot of people who thought that this this model was going to work for a three to four years. I, I, originally, I thought they had a three to four year window. I was wrong. I was wrong. I think it's more like a two to three year window, especially with this offensive line. That right. that needs an overhaul because Dallas beat them up. San Francisco beat them up twice. They play in your division. They're going to beat you up again next year twice. They're not built for the long haul. They're just not. Which, which goes even back further to my original point, which is why not, you know, if, if no one's going to be here in three years, uh, as scorched as the earth is right now, you can just go nuclear. You know, why not throw that seventh round pick at like a Kenny Galladay type? You know, why are they, <laughs> they're leaving so many holes for a team that needs so much so fast. Throw those third day picks out. I mean, I know you don't have many left, but whatever you have left in the draft arsenal, Throw it out there. Bring in OBJ. Bring in who's ever still out there on free agency. Just if you're, you know, any 32-year-old who knows how to win a championship, congratulations, you're you're hired. It it seems like they are going to be okay. It, it seems like there's two different messages. There's the message that, you know, Breer gave, which I tend to agree with as well. But then there's the, hey, you know what, we'll, we'll build this thing. We'll get a couple linemen each year. We'll add another receiver next year. We'll take a look at free agency in a couple years. And the, the messages just don't mix. No. 
No, and not to mention San Francisco is doing that. Yeah. They've done that with McCaffrey. They gave up, what, three picks to, to, to acquire McCaffrey? Like two twos, a three, a four, a five, a six, a seven, an eight, a nine, a ten. Very, very uh, fun. They, Some very fun trades. They gave up. Exactly. And by the way, trade season in, in general was bonkers. Brandon Cooks is angry that he didn't get traded. Rightfully so. <laughs> Rightfully so. He wanted to come to Dallas. Um, Bradley Chubb is in, in Miami. Um, Miami's going all for it. And I look at the way Miami's going about it. Mind you, they at one point, they turned three picks into Waddle, into Tyreek Hill, and into Bradley Chubb. You want yep. to talk about that? A savage and a woo. For the, <laughs> is it Scott Poles, as, as the, the GM for the for the for the Dolphins? Ooh, that sounds right. Ryan Poles. I, I forget it's his definitely name. Definitely Poles. Yeah, definitely Poles. Mister Poles. We'll call him that. <laughs> From the the, the uh, Miami Dolphins GM, masterclass yeah, on how sure. to maximize draft capital. And you look at the flip side. Very similar to the Rams. Look at San Francisco now. Mm-hmm. Mind you, you don't know what you have with Trey Lance, and you probably won't until next year. They're going to give him as much time as they can because they, they invested three first-round picks into acquiring him. You know what I mean? But you gave a ball. You basically don't have a draft next year because you're tying, you're hitching your wagon to McCaffrey, who's oft injured, to Debo Sambert, Samuel, who's also injured right now, to Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> who is Jimmy Garoppolo? Who is Jimmy Garoppolo? He, he is his own adjective, which is impressive. <laughs> He's his own adjective, noun, verb, whatever, past participle. Like, Lord. So they are going for they're the San Fran's going for it all in, and it very well might work out for them. But they might find themselves in a very similar position. You know, my brother's a 49er fan. I I I I warned him. I'm like, listen, you guys got McCaffrey, but think about this: you guys don't have a draft next year. You don't. You have a you have and you got to pay Nick Bosa. You've already paid Debo, but think about prorate this over two to three years. And if Lance is the Lance that we've seen before he got hurt, you're basically signing up for another three to four to five years of Garoppolo. How far do you think you guys are going to go? And even as, as wide open as the NFC is, you still need a quarterback. That hasn't changed. As wide open as the NFC is right now, you still need a quarterback. So... Whew, this this is gonna be fun. This is, we're at the halfway point. Uh, by the time we we shoot our next sports talk, we'll be uh, wrapping up the third quarter of the season, uh, and then January Hunger Games start. So yeah, can't wait. Sheesh, sheesh, Bart, sheesh. Bart sheesh. Scott can't wait. <laughs> Bart Scott for sure, for sure. I mean, who who? Uh, real quick about Denver. Can you, I'd like another. How do you feel about a? How, how's how's? Let's ride, Denver Broncos. Let's ride. How the Broncos doing? <laughs> if I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this into a different perspective every time I'm here. If the Broncos played every game nationally, so the whole country could get in on it, and it was one of those vote now kind of things, like on American Idol, you know, press one if you want them to run the ball, <laughs> press two, it would probably be going better. They, it's unbelievable how poorly that team is run. It, it was one thing when the team was poorly coached because, okay, sometimes you bring in a guy, you you think he was the answer at the place he was at. Like, they clearly thought Hackett was the brains in Green Bay. He clearly was not. It was somebody below him or somebody next to him or it was, oh, yeah, having Aaron Rodgers. You know, it was it was not him. Okay, fine, that happens sometimes. You give too much credit. But for the front office to literally look at it for seven games and go, nope, let's blow it up instead. <laughs> 
How little faith? Savagely savage. How little savage. faith do you have in everyone in front of you, including yourself, to say less than half an one season? Everything I've done is wrong. Let us just just completely own up to that. I mean, if it gets them somewhere quicker, hey, bravo. That's that's humility at its finest. But I don't think so. I think it's genuinely a, a franchise that from top to bottom has no clue what it's doing right and now. And they're tied to Russ for a number of years. And a number of dollars. And a number of dollars <laughs> and a number of picks. They're in a tough spot. I mean, and look at Vegas. I mean, God, look at the – you called it. AFC West is – uh, it's like an adult and three interns. It know? was and it was supposed <laughs> to be fun. <laughs> it, was, it was not supposed to be like this. Uh, Kansas City uh. is just licking their chops, and and it's just like my camera one more time. Devontae Adams, please <laughs> do something. It's not supposed to be like this, man. Like those Taco Bell commercials are funny. Like I'd like a Chick Fil A in my house, you know. But God, like I lost. This is how bad it is. All right, we'll wrap with this. This is how bad it is. So I lost the game in one of my fantasy leagues where I was start. I, I, uh, Patrick Mahomes was on his bye week, so I had to find a quarterback. So I'm like, all right, Derek Carr, he's a fantasy darling. Let me grab him. <laughs> that face. <laughs> Giving him Hoggle's face. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. They gave me a combined, I think, Adams got gave me two-tenths of a point because he had one catch. For five yards. And Carr gave me two points because he had, I think, two interceptions and no touchdowns. And I lost to my cousin who's not even paying attention to the league. His quarterback, Herbert's on a bye week. And his kicker didn't score because he had Carlson as well. I lost to someone who's not even paying attention to their fantasy team. That's how bad Devontae Adams hurt me. Led astray, run amok, and flat out deceive. (laughs) Shout out to Stephen A. Smith. You know what I mean? By the way, quick before we wrap to, I am working on his show now. Uh, No mercy. Shout out to my boy Greg over at Cadence 13. Uh, Actually, when I leave here, I got more editing to do. Um, But uh, yeah, working with Stephen A. Smith, bloviating, (laughs) histrionics, all that good stuff. But. um, Fun That's times, awesome, fun times, fun That's times. Thank you, thank you. Get a round of applause, round of applause. So once again, thanks for watching the video. Thanks for, as always, our subscribers, old subscribers, new subscribers. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, grab the merch. Me and Mongo will be back for more sports talk. We got more football on the way. Uh, pitchers and catchers are going to report at some point. We're saying that as the World Series is going along. It's crazy. Wild times. Wild times. Wild times. Wild times. But um, love you guys as always. You guys have been awesome. And as always, that's the belt. That's the other belt. That's Mongo. I'm you go, boy. Thanks for watching. Yahtzee, baby. Thanks again for listening to the You Go Boy podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, 
All of the music you hear on every single episode is by me, You Go Boy. So make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel and stream on all platforms. You dash Go Boy on all platforms. Take care of yourself. Love each other. Yahtzee!